Welcome to the first A Word with Walter podcast, a monthly opportunity to get information on your local government in Fairfax County's Hunter Mill District. I'm Lisa Connor, Supervisor Alcorn's Communications Director and your host for A Word with Walter. Wow, it has been only over a month since you began serving Hunter Mill District as Supervisor, and there's so much to talk about. I think a good place to start is to tell us why you wanted to become the Hunter Mill District Supervisor. Well, thank you very much, Lisa. Uh, happy to have have this conversation. And uh, yeah, it actually has been 38 days, at least as of this taping, wow. uh, since my term started. So, and and I assumed office. Um, it's been a wonderful 38 days. Uh, a lot of good activity, a lot of good feedback, and um, a lot of a lot of interaction with um, a lot of citizens yes. over that time. And that that does get to why I wanted to do this. I. I felt like in Hunter Mill there was there was really an opportunity to bring folks together and to address some of the major challenges that we have in the district and of course countywide. And uh, based on some of the things that I'd done earlier in the county, like the Planning Commission, uh, Park Authority Board, and and some other volunteer activities, I felt like uh, I could bring my skills to bear in a very productive way for the citizens of Hunter Mill and. 38 days in, I feel pretty good. Uh, I think we're off to a good start. Awesome. Now let's talk about your priorities moving forward and begin with um, managing growth. Start it with your first board matter on January 7th. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Happy to. Yeah, it, it was my first board matter. Um, and some of this comes from my experience on the, planning, on the county's planning commission. Uh, we have about half the district that is in Reston, and Reston's been going through a lot of changes recently, both in terms of what is happening on the ground, new development that's coming in, and also just a few years ago, Reston underwent a pretty significant change to its comprehensive plan, and that's, of course, a Fairfax County process uh, that's used and, and delegated by the General Assembly for the planning of development and preservation of of environmental and open spaces. That plan, uh, the comprehensive plan, really is the process for us to have that conversation. So in Reston, I thought the time was right for us to review what we have in our comprehensive plan and to see where there might be some places that need cleaning up, uh, you might say, uh, in terms of some of the language in the comprehensive plan, where uh, maybe we're not getting uh, say, the type of designs in some cases that we had been expecting or hoping to get. Maybe we can do a little bit better on that. Um, there are also some other issues that uh, I've heard from the public about the balance between publicly owned open space and privately owned open space. Um, we have in Fairfax County, at least in Reston, we have quite a few open spaces that are privately managed but we don't have very many publicly public open spaces. And that's become an issue in, in terms of some of the civic things that uh, some of our residents are looking to do, and even things like taking wedding pictures and uh, things that you would assume for granted that you can do in a public space, publicly owned open space that you might not be able to do on private space. So there, there are a number of issues like that that have, that have really come to the fore in community discussion that I look forward to uh, having further discussion over the next year or so and then incorporating uh, areas of community concern into the comprehensive plan to affect where we go from here um, in terms of Reston's development. But I do want to point out Reston's only half the district. So, right. so we have a lot of other parts of the district uh, 
that are not affected by this, at least not directly. But of course, um, there are a lot of folks that that don't live in Reston, but uh, maybe work in Reston or play in Reston or maybe even just drive through Reston uh, that I think have an interest in this as well. Great. Um, You also talked about um, engaging the community in county land use decisions. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, that's an old one for me. This is is something, um, gosh, over the years, actually, I I believe I've chaired two different committees or task forces on how to make the county's land use process more accessible to the public. And that's something that I think we have an opportunity in in at least this plan review um, process to make sure that it is as publicly accessible as possible. Of course, once we get through the comprehensive plan process and well even concurrently with that, there's there are whole there are two other big layers of um, land use activity that Fairfax County is involved with. From the comprehensive plan, you have to then look at zoning. And at the zoning level, uh, there's also very much a public process that involves uh, public hearings before both the Board of Supervisors and the Planning Commission. Uh, and then we also, uh, in that process, involve citizens. In Hunter Mill, we have a couple of citizens groups that are active in reviewing cases and making recommendations to the Planning Commission and the Board. Um, in Reston, it's the Reston Planning and Zoning Committee. And then outside of Reston, and not ex- not including the town of Vienna, which does its own land use, but outside of Reston, the Hunter Mill Land Use Committee um, is is an active committee that really does bring ideas, brings criticism, um, and overall reviews rezoning applications uh, in Hunter Mill District outside of Reston. So I want to make sure those processes, those committees, and our process overall uh, engages the public in a meaningful way that we make sure that the information on what's going on is readily available. You know, I don't, I don't want you to have to be a web detective in order to find stuff. Um, and again, we've, we've come a long way in some areas, but uh, it is a constantly continuing, you know, it's a, it's a recurring challenge. And as people change the way they get information, it's something that we are want to make sure that our processes keep up with that so that we do give everybody in the community an opportunity to participate. Transportation. It's a very important issue in the Fairfax County and especially in Hunter Mill District. Can you talk about your priorities with uh, transportation? Yeah, and I, I, um, I have been named the board's transportation committee chair. Uh, which means I am not only working on Hunter Mill transportation issues, but also um, issues countywide and even regionally. Uh, what this also means is that I've been involved in and in are participating in a number of regional commissions and boards. Um, but I think that's good. That makes sense because um, as many things that we deal with, the transportation network is inherently connected. You know, the the impacts, um, problems in one area, in one part of, say, Hunter Mill District um, are going to have impacts on others outside of that area. We don't we don't we're not uh, our transportation impacts are not limited by geographic boundaries, uh, particularly in this area. So, uh, you know, one of the things I want to do on that and it relates back to the development piece, I want to I want us to work through the issues as we have some 
very specific areas around our transit stations that are becoming urbanized. I want our transportation network in those areas to become truly urban. And that's a big step for us, and particularly since the Virginia Department of Transportation still owns and controls the roads, um, we're going to need to step up our work with them to really come up with not just a vision but also implementation strategy for how we how we get there. Because um, there is a difference between our transportation network where we're moving people longer distances, either through transit or through highways, and uh, places near our transit station areas where we've got to look and we are looking at getting people or having facilitating people moving around by foot um, and by bicycle, which I know can go both, you know, longer distance and shorter as well. But, um, you know, rethinking in those areas our transportation network from being primarily a car movement network to a mobility network um, that equally allows for people to move by foot or by bicycle or by car. That really is a central hallmark, hallmark of our, our movement, again, in those very limited areas where we're going urban. Uh, that's, that's definitely a priority of mine. We also, of course, have some longer-term, um, bigger issues in terms of making sure that our, our transportation um, network uh, works, um, you know, balancing uh, the demand for uh, uh, for new new roadways with our transit needs is a big issue. I, I know there's a lot of discussion in the community about that. That's something that I'll be also uh, very much staying on top of. And um, and the other thing I'd note that we're really seeing changes in transportation with new technologies coming on. I mean, you know, uh, ten or maybe fifteen years ago, who would have ever thought ride sharing would totally change the way that uh, many people get around, you know, totally disrupt the taxi industry. Um, you know, we, we, I expect to see additional technology uh, applications that will change the way that people get around, especially as we, as we started to move the era, into the era of self-driving vehicles and, and fleets of self-driving uh, uh, vehicles, which I uh, expect to see uh, put on the road, uh, well, certainly within the next five to ten years. Great. Uh, you're listening to A Word with Walter, a monthly podcast with Hunter Mill District Supervisor Walter Alcorn. Um, I also encourage you to follow Supervisor Alcorn on social media, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, okay, so now back to our discussion on your priorities. Um, at your recent town hall, you referred to affordable housing as being one of the most important social and economic uh, challenges facing the county. Can you talk about a little more um, about this important topic? Yeah, it is. It is a. Um, it's something that we bear based on the economic success of Fairfax County and the region. As our property values have grown, as more people come here to work, um, the demand for more housing has increased. Certainly, it's something that we um, have been working on and, in some ways, struggling with for a long time. It's not a new problem. But I would say with the, with the economic growth that we've seen in the last few years, it's become a much more critical issue. Um, and I think it's important that we, we understand that there are a continuum of needs uh, when you look at affordable housing. There's the needs for uh, people, say public servants, that, um, that can't afford to live here. Um, that's more of a workforce housing 
challenge that we have. So these are people that, you know, maybe make up to uh, the median family income in the Washington region. Believe it or not, that's that's a struggle for uh, many many people that that live here, not just in the public sector, but in in jobs that uh, perhaps uh, people are just starting out, or even even uh, people that have been here for a while. Um, and and being able to make ends meet and, and afford housing, but then we also have tremendous needs of people that work at uh, jobs that don't pay as much. Um, we have uh, we have a lot of people here that that do custodial services that that basically take care of our families that that uh, uh, that that do childcare that help with older adults. Those jobs tend not to pay very much, and we need to make sure that we have places for them to live here as well. So all these really take a concerted effort, um, I think, by not just the county but other partners like the state and maybe one day the feds get back into this uh, more directly as well. But um, it does require us to, uh, first of all, make sure that we fund it, uh, You know, particularly for people – at the lower end of the income range, that uh, typically does require public funding. So, making sure Fairfax County, we do our part on that. And the other thing that that uh, we can do is really come back and and look at some of the work that's been done already on reforming Fairfax County's land use policies to get more affordable housing. You know, this is something that I have worked on uh, during the past few years. There's some there's some things we can do. Uh, basically looking at our old office parks that are no longer being fully utilized, looking at some of our old commercial centers, maybe where there's old retail along some of our of our um, older highways. These are places that are just really perfect opportunities for getting more affordable housing, for true mixed-income communities. But instead of – we need to have our policies in place, so instead of getting – 10 or 12 percent affordable housing in those units, which we typically would get, we need to be getting 25 and 30 percent. But it is going to require some reforms, some creative thinking, a little bit of innovation, and a little bit of uh, of shoe leather to to make that happen. And that's something I look forward to working on uh, here during during my term. So one of the biggest challenges facing uh, the country, as well as uh, Fairfax County and Hunter Mill District, is climate change. Uh, do you want to talk about your environmental initiatives? Yeah, happy to talk about that. You know, this is uh, climate has definitely popped up locally as a priority. You know, the the previous board of supervisors uh, really started stepping up about a year ago, and um, and so the new board of supervisors is benefiting from that momentum. Uh, we just had last week uh, a meeting of. Our board's environment committee, environmental committee, and we had a really uh, extensive briefing by uh, the county's environmental coordinator. There are a number of activities going on on a number of levels. Um, it, you know, we're hoping, knock on wood, uh, that first of all the state will permit us to put more solar facilities uh, in a few locations. We actually bumped into that cap. It's very odd, but um, but in fact, uh, you know, we had been limited to how much. Uh, solar uh, generating capacity we we were able to put um, and hopefully we'll be able to do that. In addition to that, there, there are a number of other things that we're looking at and will be looking at on the on the county government level. Um, but you know beyond just making sure that the county government is doing our part 
in terms of of um, renewable energy generation, uh, in terms of energy efficiency, uh, weatherizing our buildings and and modernizing our air conditioning, heating systems, things like that. Beyond that, we have most of the county uh, and most of the people in the county, um, the other 97%, as we say, um, are the ones that we, everybody else we got to make sure come along with that. So um, we're going to be looking and as part of our planning process for our energy and climate action plan, uh, we are looking at how Fairfax County can facilitate uh, more energy efficiency in our in our buildings outside of Fairfax County government-owned uh, buildings, as well as uh, how we can help move um, more renewable gener- energy generation out into the community on onto private property. Um, some things we've already done relate to commercial properties and their ability to um, implement pretty creative financing mechanisms for, for putting solar on some of those buildings and also doing energy efficiency. But we got a lot to do on the transportation sector as well, you know, as we move to more electric vehicles and uh, move away from fossil fuel production. Of course, it's really the state and, well, the feds are the ones that have to put uh, – have to change the, uh, uh, the, the generation uh, and move towards uh, changing what type of energy we have in our grid because obviously the grid's a lot bigger than Fairfax County alone. So, um, but there are a whole range of things going on, on on climate. Can't forget some of the other environmental issues that we are also, you know, going to be looking at. Um, tree save is a big one. Uh, looking at our tree canopy, and um, of course, stormwater continues to be an issue. Uh, anyway, there there are a lot more. We'll maybe do a podcast dedicated to environmental issues. At that some sounds point. awesome. Education. So Fairfax County Public Schools uh, accounts for more than half of the county's general fund budget. Talk about your priority with education. Yeah, it, it, for the Board of Supervisors, the role is primarily one of funding. So we need to make sure that our schools are adequately funded, uh, are fully funded. And that's a process. It's an annual challenge every time uh, the budget comes up. And I look forward to working with uh, the Hunter Mill School Board member, Melanie Marin. She's also new in that role. Uh, And other members of the school board and members of the community on making sure that the schools get uh, adequate funding. Some of the other things that Fairfax County can do uh, related to education. There's there's one thing that's that's really getting higher and higher on our radar on the Board of Supervisors. Uh, and it is what we call school readiness. So it's it's um, it's it's uh, pre-K. It's uh, basically making sure that our kids, uh, when they show up in our public education system, are ready to go. So this is this is an effort that has been underway the past uh, two or three years. There's been a lot of work done, a lot of a lot of excellent groundwork. Um, that has identified a lot of the issues. There've been there's an approach that is coming together, and we're now starting to look at what are the capital facility needs that are necessary to make that more of a reality. Uh, you know, for anybody that actually is out there and and has tried to arrange for preschool for their kid, uh, you know, as as you know, sometimes they're lying, sometimes there's not availability, uh, and it can be very expensive. Uh, all these issues we're looking at to make sure that. All of our kids, when they when they do show up in our public schools, are ready to go. We're going to wrap up with one Fairfax. 
county the county's social, social and racial equity, equity policy. Can you talk, can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, and that's, you know, probably could have started with this one as well because it does apply to all these different policy areas. You know, what we're, what we're doing in Fairfax now is through the one Fairfax policy, we are intentionally taking social, economic, racial, those considerations in mind whenever we make our decisions. You know, it's the type of thing that, that you know, you could say, well, you should have been doing this all along. And, and I think in some cases um, people were, but now we know that this is the expectation. Whenever we do budget decisions, whenever we make policy decisions, it's really critical for us to think not just about the immediate implications, you know, how much is it going to cost, who's it immediately affecting, but also to really try to understand how it might affect people that aren't showing up at public hearings. You know, how are we, how is this affecting communities, uh, people that maybe can't show up or don't have time to show up at uh, at a meeting because, you know, they're caring for their their children, they're maybe working two jobs. So these are... These are issues. Some of these are geographic issues. We certainly have pockets of Fairfax County um, that are um, challenges in terms of not enough economic development. And then there are places like Reston where we have, you know, in very close proximity, we have tremendous economic uh, activity and growth. But at the same time, we have we have real challenges uh, where where we have we have folks that that really do need help. They need. Uh, they need better access to ladders of getting them out of their situation economically and socially. Uh, and if we can help them get these ladders into um, into uh, uh, economic sustainability, then I think we'll, we're all going to be better for it. Well, thank you very much. This has been a great conversation. Um, and thank you uh, for listening to our very first A Word with Walter podcast. Uh, We'll be back next month when Supervisor Alcorn will be discussing the proposed fiscal year 2021 budget. Wow, 2021. The county executive will be be presenting his budget on February 25th at the Board of Supervisors meeting. We hope you'll watch that on Channel 16. A reminder that you can stay up to date on Hunter Mill District News on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, it's Walter Alcorn FFX. And on Facebook, look for Supervisor Walter Alcorn. Thanks for joining us today.